Welcome to the journey with Mpo Podcast, a sacred space for healing, love, and rediscovering your life purpose. Introducing your host, Mpo. Hello, JWM family and virtual world. Welcome to a very special edition of In a Room. It is so special that we are live streaming this on three major social media platforms. So don't be surprised if you occasionally hear me addressing the virtual world. This is Three Foodies in a Room, episode 49. (laughs) The pandemic has affected our Hawaii community businesses in many ways with the most noticeable impact being financially. It is in this spirit that we have decided to focus on community by using this episode as an opportunity to partner with four local businesses. Firstly, the Collective Tattoo Cafe and Gallery. They have generously offered their space for tonight's episode recording, which we are so grateful for. Located in the heart of Kailua, the Collective is a beautiful space with phenomenal tattoo artists, amazing artwork for sale and a cafe with food and treats to die for. Currently, they offer a limited menu with the option for takeout only. The cafe is open every day from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. The tattoo parlor is currently open by appointment only. The second business we have partnered with is the Factory Honolulu and they are the creative brain behind tonight's videography. This phenomenal LLC is co-owned by a former guest of this podcast, Christian the Sinner, affectionately known as Factory Honolulu. They offer videography services to creative artists and local businesses. The third business we have partnered with is the Himalayan Kitchen in Kailua, and they are catering our starters and entrees. Their vegan-friendly menu is a hearty take on the Himalayan cuisine with each order being made fresh. Tonight, we'll be indulging in three courses, including their popular samosas, briyanis, kebabs, and curries. They're open every day for takeout only from 11 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. And it is never a true foodie experience without dessert. So the fourth business we have partnered with is Gracie's Cakes and More. The bakery is owned by bartending baker and homemaker Gracie. Her specialty is macaron and macaron cakes. And Gracie even makes custom cakes for those special celebrations. We cannot wait to dig into our macaron cake later tonight. But before that, Let me give tonight's foodie couples an opportunity to introduce themselves and a fun fact about them. (laughs) 
Uh, aloha, everyone. Uh, my name is Laakea. You can call me Laa for short. Uh, a wonderful kind of fun foodie fact about me is I have been cooking uh, since I was about three years old. So I remember being in a kitchen as young as three, uh, making mochi with my grandma or making gyoza uh, on New Year's Eve. So I think that kind of kick-started my passion for food uh, and for cooking. So I love cooking for people. Um, I cooked for some folks in this room, so they might be able to attest to whatever <laughs> culinary skills I may or may not have. Uh, but it's wonderful to be here. I'm so excited to, to be here with Umpo and to be able to support our local Hawaii community uh, in this way. And I'm super excited for what's to come. Thanks, Umpo. I'm Cheyenne. You just call me Shy. Um, yeah, Mason cooks really good food. He always feeds me. I feel bad whenever my dad makes dinner because I'm like, I already ate at Mason's house. <laughs> but it's okay because I eat my dad's food the next day. But yeah, and then I'm always known as like their friend to always have a snack on me. I'm always like that one friend, like, where are you about to eat at? <laughs> yeah, that's me. Lovely. Yeah. Hi, my name is John. Uh, ever since I was a kid, I've been eating out uh, in Kailua all my life. It's probably one of the favorite things me and my friends do, is just finding some place in Kailua to eat. So I've probably eaten at most places in Kailua at this point in my life. <laughs> Hi, my name is Fiona. I actually don't like to cook. It runs in my family. No, no one likes to cook. So I am very excited to be here and be able to try all these new foods. My name is Melina Brooks. I'm also known as the poet Entice. I write erotica and I tie in food to the passion that people can show for each other in addition to the passion they have for their palate. Mm. I am an internationally traveled individual and I make it a point to try a lot of things. There's a few things that I won't try. If I can't get past the smell, it's not getting past the Thank you guys for bringing your appetites to this experience. Throughout our bites and tastes, I'll be sharing random food facts from an online article by Joanna Fantosi. But are you guys ready for some samosas? Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't even know what a samosa is, but I'm ready for it. This is your first samosa? Probably mine's too. I don't even know what a samosa is. No. Same here. <laughs> <laughs> No, don't, don't even. I've had a samosa before. <laughs> I like, had to think, and I was like, yes, I have. This will change your life. Okay. Yes. So these are vegan samosas with a potato center. Um, on the side is a <clears throat> Greek yogurt dip. Feel free to make use of that. And let's go ahead and try. Tell me what you think with your first samosa experience. Let's so when I hear you talking about samosa, and I heard you say the word vegan, um, I have respect for the vegan lifestyle, but I'm not a vegan, I'm a gut, I'm a carnivore. So, it, saying that this is vegan, what would make it different from a regular samosa? Am I ah. saying that correctly? Yes, correct. So, a regular samosa usually has meat, in my experience, from what I've had in South Africa. So you could have beef in there, you could have a chicken samosa, and this one in particular, they just do potato samosas. Let me know if anyone needs cutlery. But dig in. Go ahead. Can I have a fork? Yeah, sure. Thank you. I bet, Melina, you'd prefer the meat samosa. 
He's like, wait, is this all going to be vegan? Oh, no, actually, again, um, I can eat vegan. It's not, I mean, it's, it's not a problem, but I do like meat, too, you know? I understand people's, you know, reasoning behind, and like I said, I have respect for the lifestyle. It's just not who I am. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll put a hurting on shrimp. <laughs> Other businesses that are going to be featured in tonight's episodes are the One Love Bakery owned by Shannon. They're going to be doing our pastries for dessert and Coco Crater Coffee Roaster. All right. Let me know what you guys think. I usually dig in with my hands. It's the African part of me. <laughs> hey, I got Filipino in me too. We eat with our hands. <laughs> like, no. What kind of Filipino? <laughs> uh, that is. Are you from the mountains or? <laughs> I think we're from the sea. <laughs> it's kind of like a pierogi. I think that's a Russian thing that's similar to this. Mm-hmm. But they put food inside of our meat. I mean, I think every culture has a fried dish that you put food or meat or whatever into a shell and then you fry it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, lumpia. Yep. Oh, no. Gyoza. Gyoza. Oh, I love gyoza. Mm-hmm. Me too. When you said gyoza, I was like, oh, man. Well, I will make you guys closer to New Year's Eve. Or even, you know, I could do it the next month. I could come back on here and make you guys some gyoza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, some Oh yeah, <laughs> you know I would be if Himalayan Kitchen is willing to share their secrets. <laughs> I'd be willing to give this a try, but this is fabulous. It is. Samosas are pretty hard to make, personally, because usually in South Africa the crust is far thinner than what it is now, and you kind of fold it into a specific shape. So I've always been like, ooh, this is like bakery and cooking too. Mm-hmm. Too complicated. Fiona said, I don't cook, I don't cook too. I just mm-hmm. eat. Yep. <laughs> you can dial the phone, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like they have a potato and a chickpea uh, base in there. And there's like there's curry, curry notes there's in there. Curry. So it's, mm-hmm. it kind of tastes like a, like a garam masala as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a very like light so it's not too overpowering because I know some people are like I don't do curry I can't handle the, the flavor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think this would definitely be for those folks that are like okay I can handle a little bit of curry a little bit of spice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no I'm glad you said that because this does remind me of you know digging into a marsala so I really like this especially for something that's vegan it's pretty filling and also mm-hmm. pretty savory yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty flavorful for being yeah. yeah. You don't miss the meat? Is that what y'all? Yeah, yeah. I really don't. I, mean, I, would, I think I would prefer this. I think it makes it a little bit lighter. Mm-hmm. We've got some vegan converts. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, I'm a convert. You see these IT? I really like the sauce. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think that is the thing for me. What is the sauce? That's a good question. Let me try it. <laughs> it's kind of like a, like a Greek yogurt. Because you can definitely like taste the yogurt part. And then um, like there's like lemony notes too. So it yeah. adds like a real nice lightness. Um, like the fried part, so. mm-hmm. As we say in Hawaii, <laughs> So have any of you guys had Himalayan Kitchen? Have you tried the samosas from there, or is this the first try for you guys? No, I think I've tried it before. Mm-hmm. 
I just didn't know the name. Like, match the name. Yeah. The item. <laughs> yeah. Can I get a match, please? Yeah, she may. Uh, definitely my first try. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Not going to be my last try, though. Yeah. I think, like, you get masubis here at the gas station. You get samosas at gas stations in South Africa. That's how popular they are. So before going to school, I get like a large size uh, beef samosa to eat just before a lecture, and I'm good for the day. Like if you have two of these, this is potato in here, so you'll yeah. be full. Oh no! Yeah. Well, I heard you say that the ones in South Africa, the the outer shell is thinner. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I'd be interested to know, because I like the texture of this and that it's crunchy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you fry something like lumpia, you can't let it sit too long because then the rice paper starts to um, soften because of the meat, mm -hmm. if it's done right. <laughs> um, and I like it when it's crispy and crunchy. Um, so I like the, how do they keep it from kind of deteriorating into mush? Good question. Hmm. <laughs> like I said, with the thinner shell, I could see this holding up for a little while, but mm -hmm. I would think that with the thinner shell, it would start to break down a little bit. That's true. I haven't thought about it. I, I just do more of the eating. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is cute. Can I mess it up with my teeth? <laughs> but it's an interesting concept that you bring up. What I know is that whenever I buy them, they always heat it like a pie. They're actually in the pie section, so they stay warm throughout the entire time. Cold samosa is kind of like a cold tea. I know some people like cold tea. I don't like cold tea. I need to have my tea just at that warm, hot level. Mm -hmm. Do they offer this with meat or is it just strictly vegan? So the Himalayan kitchen offers it with just strictly vegan, but in South Africa, meat is an option. And I think if you were to request from the Himalayan kitchen, they could make you a meat yeah. one. <laughs> I mean, seeing how good it is uh, without me. Yeah, I, I don't know what I need it. Next thought is. <laughs> Can you add meat? <laughs> I think that sometimes when, you know, people see vegan next to something, they're like, I'm not a vegan, I'm not eating that. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, whereas I've eaten lots of things that were vegan, and it's, you just don't eat, you don't miss the meat. Yes. You know, but, and I don't have to go announcing that I'm not a vegan. It's like, yeah. You know, Smells good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going down. <laughs> I think just with food, having an open mind is so key to having the ultimate food experience. Because there's been things where I'm like, mm, I won't try it, but then I do. Like when I got here, I didn't like Mexican food. And now I'm like, ooh, it's Friday and I get Mexican food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's your favorite Mexican food? Mm, burrito. I like a good burrito. Molly Tacos does a burrito with fries, and I was like, you can put fries in a burrito. Ten of those, please. So there's things that I've heard about that I know I would never eat, like balut. It's never It happened for me once. So you've had it? Yeah, that's like I was like 13, and it scarred me for life. Couldn't you finish it? Yeah, because I... Like I, I grew up in a very Asian household, so like, don't waste anything. So I was like, mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so when I lived in, when I lived in Japan, um, went to Mount Fuji or the base of Mount Fuji, and they have these eggs that they bury in the ground. So when they sell them, they're black. Okay, and I was like, that's been in the ground for a few days, but I tried it. It was just a regular hard-boiled egg. 
know, it's just like if they did that here um, on Big Island, because the ground is so hot, they bury the eggs and the ground temperature boils them, okay? And then they turn black because of the soil that they're in. So you're peeling this egg that's black around it with a yellow yolk. Oh, yeah. interesting. That'd be good, like, like a spooky food for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Very festive for this time of year. <laughs> It'd be a lot of explaining to do, though, because yeah. you'll be like, what did you do? <laughs> How did you make that happen? <laughs> Insider secrets. Ooh, I see veggie matras. This is my favorite. So yet another vegan curry. Sorry, meat eaters. <laughs> yet another vegan curry, coconut base, lots of vegetables. You won't miss the meat. There's basmati. I always have a hard time saying that. Basmati rice. Yeah. I think the way you say it is eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I announce your words, but go ahead and help yourselves. Let me know what you think. So what are the origins of basmati Because you differentiate it. What makes it different than calrose or jasmine? I think it's the texture. I find that regular rice is kind of thicker and tends to stick together more. Basmati Here, rice is more of a fluffy texture which makes it easier to mix with the curries because curries tend to be dense so if you use a dense type of rice with the curry then it's just clumped up and you won't get the curry flavor but with the basmati rice it just kind of feels like little pearls in the curry and you don't really have that dense rice flavor in there so we use basmati rice for a lot of things um michael does a mean curry with it too sometimes favorite so michael uh, yes. <laughs> Michael does all the cooking. And if I do cook, it's a disaster. <laughs> so it's in Michael's favor. <laughs> Relatable. So that wasn't on the interview for, you know, being married. <laughs> oh, no, it was for him. I was like, well, you know, I don't know how to say this, but women in South Africa are raised to be homemakers and cook. And I'm not that type of person. So... It's important to me that you know how to cook for the both of us and then any future kids we have. If not, kind of can't get married to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was like, okay, we're good. I cook. And he spear fishes. So he brings the fish home, cooks it up by himself. And it's full service, man. I got a 10 out of 10 chef in the house. <laughs> oh, wow. You also got a hunter-gatherer. <laughs> like you're sad. I, I know where to come when things go down in the apocalypse. <laughs> like, I'm going to Kailua. You can find me there. My friend has a spirit. Yeah, when it got tight with COVID and just finances, we were like, okay, let's jump into the water and get our food from there. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, that's kind of... Hawaii lifestyle. I mean, they, they could be self-sustaining if they hadn't been so westernized because they were self-sustaining before anyone came here. Yeah. So, another place on the planet, in case you guys are ever wondering, is Oregon. If things go down, those people know how to manage it. <laughs> There's only two places on the planet right now I can think of where I want to be. You know. Yeah. That's good advice. Just yeah. in case. Oregon. <laughs> Oregonians? Oh my goodness. Oh, it's the whole Eugene. I was like, these people are survivors. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm 
I can count myself as a success if I get through it and I don't do any of that. I do that all the time. Okay, oh, let's well, bring it. I, I, I'm dishing up everyone. Well, then. I'm team know, mom right? today. <laughs> well, she, she's she's oh, she, she, I'll do the rice and then you guys can do the curry. Let's get the rice going. Have you ever so, tried basmati rice? All of this is new to me. And this I is good. Love yeah. I love it. I love it. So this looks, I mean, I know it looks like pita bread, bread but I don't think it is. Yes, so it's uh, non bread. I am familiar with non. Uh, non bread. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean no carbs? <laughs> it means you can eat as much as you want and not feel guilty whatsoever. <laughs> I'm having the non bread. <laughs> I want to join um, Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> you eat as much non. Bread lovers Anonymous. <laughs> okay, so you guys ready for my random food fun fact? So, this, is, this was kind of a heartbreaker for me, but bear with me here. Ketchup was once believed to have medicinal qualities that could cure, among other ailments, diarrhea. No, tell me. So back when ketchup, and a lot of people don't know that it actually originated in China. Okay. In Asia. And back when it was brought to the Western world, um, this was before refrigeration. And so meat was rancid. And ketchup was used to cover up the taste of the rancid meat. And for that reason, I don't eat ketchup anymore. <laughs> but yes, that was the whole purpose of ketchup, was to be able to still sell a product that might not be fresh, and it really didn't cure diarrhea. It just kind of made you feel better about yourself if you could put some ketchup on it. But yeah. yeah. That is really interesting. There's, I learned that on a documentary about um, the food we eat, and it kind of went into the whole how Heinz ketchup became, you know, uh, uh, yeah, Heinz ketchup and a major staple in the U.S. Um, food history. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I pretty said, much use it for the same reason. Like if the meal's gone wrong, I'm just like, add ketchup. ketchup. <laughs> right. Salt exactly. is. For me, it's yeah, salt. Salt is Michael's always insulted when I pull up. I'm like, can I get some ketchup with this? He's like, whoa. It's like you have to taste it. Yeah, the disrespect. <laughs> I mean, I can definitely see if they're about to eat something that may smell bad or they don't like the look of that. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about that while they're eating it would probably cause um, some issues. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm trying to reference a placebo effect. So mm -hmm. maybe if they had ketchup on it and it tastes good to them, uh, maybe they could placebo their mind in a way where they don't have the side effects because maybe they associate it with something, that's, something that tastes good. Mm -hmm. you know? Mind over matter. Try that with balloon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put some ketchup on it, baby. Yeah, put some ketchup. Yeah, just put some ketchup on it. So what you're saying, John, makes me think about one of the other food facts that says chili peppers contain a chemical that tricks your mouth into thinking it's being burned. That's why spicy food hurts so much. It, it actually doesn't burn. It just tricks your mind into thinking it's hot. Oh. <laughs> you 
So if I thought really hard and I was like, this ain't spicy. <laughs> it's not. Spicy. Well, now that makes me wonder because if it's tricking your mind, is it a visual trick? Or is it, is it because, because I'm wondering if you blindfold a person and you don't tell them you're giving them a pepper, is the effect going to be the same? Ah, good question. Because good really question. and truly in order for your mind to be tricked, there has to be a switch. There has to be an attachment to something that causes you to think it's that going to do something. Effect. Hello. Yeah. Somebody's in college right now. <laughs> you pulled up Pavlovian like that. I'd be sitting here three hours later going, Pavlovian! <laughs> That's how my brain works these days in the world. <laughs> For those, for those of you guys who don't know, the Pavlovian effect is um, when your brain is introduced to a familiar environment such as being out at the bar or with friends and you're used to smoking with friends or drinking with friends. Therefore, whenever you see your friends, that, Pavlo that Pavlovian effect kicks in, whereas, oh, now I associate my friends with drinking and drugs and whatever, so I therefore can only hang out with my friends when I'm drinking or when I'm doing any, you know, when, when this is in picture. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty interesting. While you're at it, why don't you explain what Balut is for our audience members who don't know. <laughs> so for those of us who don't know what Balut is, it's uh, basically, is it fermented or unfermented? It's fermented. It's fermented egg. So it's basically the chick right before it hatches, right? Yeah. That's what balut is. My, I, I come from a Filipino family myself, so my dad ate, ate it right in front of us. Um, like one night, like it was like only one night in my whole life that he ever did that. And, uh, you know, of course, being curious, I tried to juice. Oh. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. Is it chicken or duck egg? It, it could be either. Okay. Yeah. Um, more popularly duck, though. So gross. <laughs> what does it really taste like? Salty. Girl, I don't know if it tastes anything like that egg juice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like salty and like vinegary, but like sour, like really sour. And like the texture. I mean, this stuck with me for like... You can swallow the bones. Yeah, because they're... It's like a chicken or a duck, so it's like the bones haven't really hardened yet. Because it's like a hard oh. so it's like And you suck it through it the whole way. Yeah, you, you don't even like do it and see it. Yeah. You just, just one pop. Yep. Yeah. If you don't do it in one pop, you yeah. won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> There's no fork and a knife. Taking it apart. Right. It sounds similar to taking a, a shot. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I can't have a shot of vodka. A bit, a bit. I, I don't think I don't you get any it, of the benefits of taking a shot. <laughs> 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 doing a shot of you might need a shot. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can't believe I just did that. Ah, so I followed up on your fact to see what was it with the brain that makes it feel like it's burning, but it's not. So it says that burning sensation you get when you eat spicy peppers is a mental reaction, not a physical one. Chili peppers contain a chemical known as capsaicin, which naturally binds the pain receptors on our nerves. Your brain thinks you're ingesting something hot, so you begin sweating and your face turns red. This is your body's way of trying to cool you down, even though there's no real temperature threat, only a perceived one. Wow. Yeah. Smart. That's, that's, that's really amazing. <laughs> Perception that's is reality. <laughs> that actually sounds like the true placebo effect, though. You just you don't know, but you have a reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, what did you guys think? Basmati rice, veggie matras with non garlic bread. What I really like to do is be able to pronounce all of this stuff so I can tell someone what I ate <laughs> and to be able to duplicate in order. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. They're really good too about recommending what's good. So when we first went, we were like, well, uh, I know samosas, help out. And they were like, oh, uh, I see biryani. I stopped talking. Food just distracted me. <laughs> I was like, I see some biryani. Uh, chicken biryani. Ah, chicken biryani and tandoori. I've heard of tandoori chicken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that I ever had it. Mm -hmm. I also think that like Himalayan Kitchen, both uh, locations here in Kailua and in Kaimuki, are really great about having a wonderful ambiance. Mm -hmm. uh, so in case anybody's never been in Kaimuki, it's the side of the island that we live on. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of my favorite things was on Friday nights to go to Himalayan Kitchen because uh, they have beautiful lighting at the top and the trade winds just come down. Mm -hmm. um, so when I think about things I miss about COVID, it's definitely going to Himalayan Kitchen on Friday night. Yeah. They're always so friendly there. And if you ask them what's fresh, be like, hey, what's fresh? What's the best right now? Mm -hmm. um, to impose a point, they're really great about recommending things. So mm -hmm. as soon as dine-in is, like, once again, they do do dine-in right now? Do you yeah. know if they do dine-in right now? Not the location here. Maybe the Kaimuki location. I think, maybe. It's been a minute. We should look into that <coughs> yeah. because yeah. I'm down. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's a cute, like, uh, date spot. It is. Yeah. Yeah, somebody take me on a date there. <laughs> Pay for it. <laughs> On a price point, it's okay. I would say middle range price point. Not too affordable, but not too pricey. Yeah. You feel like you're getting your money's worth, especially with the portion sizes. So, Michael and I will do it every second week or so. Order veggie madras. He likes the butter chicken curry that they do too. He's a carnivore, unfortunately. So is it um, like Chinese dining or Asian dining where it's like it's brought out like that and everybody just scoops up with one plate or do you get an individual plate? Yeah, I'd say more Chinese dining where everyone scoops up from one plate. Yeah. Are these regular portions? Um, well, they might have done something special for us tonight. <laughs> is there something hidden in the rice? <laughs> 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 a hidden that mound of rice. <laughs> What did you think of the basmati rice? Actually, I like it. Um, I like what you were saying. I, again, lived in Japan for 11 years. I eat sticky rice. My kids eat sticky rice. My mm -hmm. grandchildren eat <laughs> sticky rice. If it don't put any Uncle Ben's anywhere on our plate, we're like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Why are they all He's rolling there. around separately on the plate? <laughs> okay, I. It's ironic, but I don't like jasmine rice because it has such a pungent odor. It smells too flowery, okay? Mm -hmm. um, but this is almost similar to the texture and the grain of um, jasmine rice mm -hmm. without that very strong jasmine smell. That's true. So I like it. Yeah, I do like sticky rice too. That's my favorite. It's so expensive when you get it outside, like... What four dollars for sticky rice? I think I can get a donut and be happy. That's, that's <laughs> no reference point for what's expensive these days. Mm. I really don't. I've lived here a really long time, and I moved here from Japan and Tokyo, yeah. where 
you know, you pay $6 for an apple, you know. So, and, and I'm kind of am from Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Same thing, you know. People are always like, it's so expensive in Hawaii. I'm like, sales tax is 9.5% in LA. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We're not even at 5% yet. Please, dig in. I'm not going to say that very loud, though, because we might be trying to figure out how to build revenue. That would be <laughs> so when me and Fiona, when we have a high food, we always try to get like sticky rice oh, yeah. if possible. And if not, we, we settle for jasmine rice. So you know what I mean when I say about the smell of jasmine rice? Oh yes, yes, there is definitely like, yeah. that order, order yeah, that we talked right. about. My friend had gotten uh, a black jasmine rice, which was very interesting because it is, it is very dark in color. It has a pretty strong order to it as well, but it tastes like... I don't, I don't know if healthy is a taste, but that's how I feel when I eat yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like the pepper, it tricks your mind. <laughs> but yeah, it's a little bit more fibrous, which I, I do appreciate because, um, you know, helps me when it's <laughs> We're all adults here. Yeah. He's like, just did the like, the nudge, the one I do oh. with Michael. Like, oh, no, don't go there. Like, try to keep this uh, podcast. <laughs> John, on your left. Thank you. There is something buried in the rice. Ooh, rice surprise. I think it's it's the meat you've been asking for. <laughs> that is not the meat I've been asking for. Okay, so there's my naughtiness. <laughs> Already I'm like, time out, time out. <laughs> Help! Uh, only people who truly know me will <laughs> understand, understand <laughs> the double entendre. Uh-oh. Oh, it's in room. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work at Entice Intimate Greetings, I'll have you know. So is this Basmati rice as well? Um, I believe so. That's Basmati rice. What I I haven't tried their chicken biryani. I have tried their fish biryani, which is really good. There's actually some yogurt that's supposed to go with that. There's a dip just back there um, on the kitchen counter. Thank you so much. Do you know what they've got in their kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> you do eat her a lot. I was scouting the place. I was like, Thank you. It looks like there are cranberries or raisins in here. It looks like raisins. Mm -hmm. And they look like Thank white you. raisins. I forgot you were over here. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. I'll trade you. So. I'm not sure what that dip is. That was the last thing too. He kind of forgot it. He gave us the food and he was like, oh, there's a dip for the biryani. And I was like, oh, yeah, thank you. So let me know what you think. I did like the fish biryani. So this is my first time trying the chicken biryani. And is that potato on the side? Has anyone tried that? Is this the that is thing? chicken. chicken. Oh, it's all chicken. Yeah, it is really good. Pretty bomb. Okay. <laughs> I need that on a t-shirt. It's pretty bomb. <laughs> <laughs> or we need to leave them a review. It's pretty bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want this on? Yes, please. Can you put it on? Okay. No, 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 it's good. I was going to have you put it on the chicken, but we're already past that. We're already <laughs> no, 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 it's already happened. It's fine. So when you were talking earlier about... about um, fire levels... Is this the, is this, you said this is the three? Yeah, this is the three. Do they have anything lower than right the three? Yes, they start from one, 
go up all the way to 10. And like I said, each um, each location does it differently. So I've been to like Kaimuki and been like four and sweated my eyes off. <laughs> so <laughs> speaking about that, um, so in South Africa we have chicken liver as a food that we eat. And one of these days I was homesick and I decided I'm gonna make chicken livers. Me cooking again. Here's how the story goes. So I take some peri-peri sauce from Nando's and a bunch of other stuff and I mix it. Like, I like making my own sauces, so I'll add other sauces to create one major sauce and I'm like hot pepper and whatever. And we take the first bite with Michael and I go, mmm, yeah, that's really good, that's really good. And then second bite in, he's like, oh no, this is hot. Like this is really hot. And this is like someone who has a spicy level seven at the Himalayan kitchen, but he's like, oh, <laughs> he takes a third bite and he's like, I think my heart's racing. Okay. Something's oh, wrong with my heart. Oh, <laughs> and I'm my. like, oh, um, do you want some milk? I heard ice cream helps and stuff. And I'm just, because like La'a, if something's on the table or you're eating that, it there's no throwing it away. So I was like, oh, I'll just bear it out. And he's like, something's wrong with me. <laughs> and he just completely stopped eating and I was like, well, that's my cooking adventure. Done. <laughs> What, what happened? You just made it too spicy. I think a combination of like the habanero, um, the peri peri. There's a triple egg spice. They use. Yeah, she said triple egg spice. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> what, what do you use a triple egg spice for? Help. is a restaurant chain in South Africa and they sell these sauces that they use. Think of Huli Huli, Mike's Huli Huli Chicken. Th that sauce that they use, Nando's makes their own pretty similar but very hot and spicy. So South Africa loves their heat. I don't know if you guys have seen Trevor Noah on the show where he's ha having those hot I've wings. Yeah. So the triple X spice is like the hottest sauce that you could ever put on something. Recommendations about a teaspoon. I think I put like four oh, teaspoons in there Jesus. alongside. Wow. Well, I was like, well, let's make it really South African. Why not? <laughs> Where's Michael? Is he okay? I'm concerned. I don't know if this was a culinary adventure or an attempt on his life. <laughs> You're supposed to bring spice back into the bed, not a dead man back into the bed. I'm always responsible for him because that insurance money, I don't want to go down for it. So I'm just like, are you okay? The forensic files people show up. They're like, well, the we could have seen. She was trying to kill him definitely because she did get $10 million for it. Murder she wrote. Death by fork. But did you like it at least? You made it. Did you finish it? <laughs> I know. You know, you so here's it? the thing. Yeah. People always do the joke, don't waste food because there are kids starving in Africa. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm sorry. You're from Africa. <laughs> and so I've never really thought about how that might translate to somebody from an African country. That's like, true. Really? They weren't starving. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't eat that if you said 
sentence. <laughs> so psychologically, I've seen people at the traffic light begging for food, begging for money, who have not had meals for days. On a psychological level, I'm incapable of throwing away food. I would rather eat the most horrendous thing and be done, but there's no way that food's going to the trash can. And my mom's pretty much the same in the sense that I was raised that way because she was like, well, you know, there's a kid down the road who would have appreciated this meal. And we were talking about how expensive things are in comparing price. So when I first moved to Hawaii, I'd spend at least 20 minutes in the grocery store converting the prices to South African Rand mm. and going, ooh, 80 Rand for a packet of chips? I could buy five kids a Happy Meal in South Africa for that amount. Why do I deserve a packet of chips? And so moving past that psychological, you deserve it, you've worked for it, go ahead and eat it, you're here, forget about the price conversion or the rate conversion and just spend what you want to spend on. That was a really hard transition. You know, I think that all of us have connections to food, our childhood. I mean, I'm 57 years old and I still hear my mother, okay? Mm -hmm that like this plate right now, I couldn't sit, everything has to go. If it's on my plate, I should eat it, mm -hmm. right? Um, my mom was very frugal, okay? And if the bread managed to last long enough to get mold on it in our house, it was, we'll kick it off. Well, what do you think they make penicillin out of? If anything, they're gonna make you better. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That was growing up in my house. It was like, you know, six second rule, what? <laughs> Um, I can remember one time when um, my mom and dad were gone and we were like, we're cleaning this refrigerator out, we're getting rid of all of this, and we'll just say we ate it, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. And they found it and they made us pull it out of the trash. <laughs> oh. And eat it. Wow, that must have been a tough lesson. Yeah, I mean, the next time you move out. <laughs> that was the lesson. I can get the hell up out of here, I'm out of here so I can make my own choices as an adult. But I'm still... You know, I didn't transfer that on to my kids, but I still hear my mom when I'm cleaning out my refrigerator. Mm -hmm. Like, my daughter would go through the refrigerator and go, this ketchup is expired. I was like, how expired is it? <laughs> <laughs> Talking five years, it might be time for it to go, but... A couple months. A couple of maybe. months. Yeah. A year. You know, it's okay. Yeah. What are some of your connections to food in your childhood or how it impacts you? I also think, alternatively, uh, here in Hawaii, we're very much, we call it like calabash, which is like everybody's mixed family. So mm -hmm. we have like Filipino people in our family, uh, Japanese people in our family, Hawaiian people, um, you know, people of Caucasian descent. So I think for me, growing up as like a mixed race person, a lot of my identity is shaped by food. Um, so growing up in a Japanese household at my grandma's house, I ate weird things for breakfast. Like now that I'm looking back on it, I was like, oh yeah, I love natto. And people are like, Ooh, what? Natto. Um, Natto's never a good idea. Yeah, Sorry. it's uh, <laughs> for the folks at home that don't know, natto is fermented. <laughs> Fermented beans are like really fermented, so a lot of people can't move past. The is it smell. like the gooey? It, yes. Oh, I think I've seen videos. Yeah. Like there was a YouTube channel on it, a, a challenge on it. Mm -hmm. So like that's like a normal like you know Japanese breakfast thing. Um, so growing up and then taking that back to uh, my Caucasian side of the family, they'd be like, "What is this? <laughs> what? 
what do you mean you put show you on your rice? It's called soy sauce. And you're like, no, it's called show you. Um, or spam, that's disgusting. So it's like all the things growing up eating as a mixed race person, you kind of like learn to teach other parts of your culture to the other side of the family. Um, but my mother, God bless her heart, she didn't know how to cook rice, but she knew how to cook potatoes. Irish women love potatoes, so have potatoes 70 different ways. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come over. 70 different ways in, in Germany. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love potatoes. I'll have like, I don't know, mashed potato for breakfast, fries for lunch, baked potato in the afternoon. I'm all about my potato. I heard a rumor that um, the root of the potato is something similar to cocaine. It has a similar reaction in your body. There's a lot of people actually psychologically addicted to potatoes and they don't even know it. And I feel like I'm one of those people because I'm like, uh, can I get potato chips? Can I get fries? Can I get constantly? I'm all about, you should add some potatoes to this. I add potatoes to all of my soups, even if the recipe doesn't say add a potato. I'm like, oh, some potatoes would be good in here. <laughs> yeah, some starch. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite go-to starch. <laughs> okay, what did everyone think about... Uh, we tried to trade off, but it's mostly... Um, we're cooking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your relationship with... Because she said nobody in her family cooks. Well, my That's mom's British, so it's good she doesn't cook. <laughs> British food is not very good. Oh, really? Oh, no, no, I ate in London. I had a fabulous meal. Okay, well, her British food is okay. good. <laughs> like, well, we're going to blame this on my mom. <laughs> but I was lucky enough to um, grow up in different countries. Uh, my dad worked for the embassy, so we would move every two to three years. So every country we were in, I was able to eat their food and get a sense of their culture. So I like that, and it's good because I actually did live in Delhi, so eating this food, it does bring back a little bit of memory. I guess for me, it's similar to Laa, where um, I had a very Hawaiian family, and also on uh, the other side of my family, um, more from more like Caucasian oriented uh, food or American food you would say um, and it's kind of a I guess somewhat of a prideful thing to be able to eat a lot of different types of food or have that diversity because I think you know growing up that allows me to you know enjoy a lot of different uh, cultures uh, when it comes to food and eating. Would you say you guys as having the best of both worlds have a favorite dish or a favorite thing that's been brought upon by your culture? I would say for me, it's a mandatory. I always have rice with every meal, yeah. <laughs> with every dish. It's always rice and also shoyu on top of that. And uh, aloha shoyu is yeah. my go-to. Yeah. Aloha yeah. all the way. <laughs> Anything else, I'm just like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, when my, son, when my son first left the island to go to college, one of the conversations I remember having with him is like, I don't understand why they don't know that shoyu is supposed to be on the table next to the ketchup, the mustard. You know how they have the little condiments yeah. thing? Because that's how he grew up in Japan. Show you on the table. Hawaii, show you. you don't even have to ask for it. Yeah. It just shows up with your meal, you know. But he's always like, and then he has to have a conversation with people about. At first, he says show you, and they don't know what he's talking about. And then it's oh, soy sauce, and then they're like, this isn't an Asian restaurant, you know. <laughs> he's like, but I need some show you for my rice. You don't understand. Yeah. Um, 
when I would visit the mainland, I got into the habit of uh, smuggling uh, Aloha Shoyu <laughs> in my bag. TSA not listening, but okay. Yeah, yeah TSA not listening. Um, so when you say you got the goods, you got the goods. You got the Aloha Shoyu. Um, you signed a contract before you entered this journey. <laughs> side story for another time Um, but I really think like the best thing that I've got from growing up best of both worlds is being able to speak about why food is important Um, especially like Hawaiian culture like we gather around and we eat all the time so that's like our thing Uh, and then being able to explain like why food and certain food items are important to others too like people are like ew I will not eat koi and I'm like do you know how much love and labor went into this poi? Yeah. Have you ever mashed your own poi? Yeah, it's like gold. It's gold. Um, so yeah, if you guys ever want us to, to mash poi, we will. I'd be interested in that. Poi is one of my favorite breakfast go-tos. I'd heat it up a little bit, add some honey. It's strange, I know people don't have it hot, but I like it like that. Yes, I do like the sweet and sour taste of the poi, but I've seen them pounding it at the farmer's market for my man. Looks like a lot of work. So my relationship with poi is similar to my relationship with tofu. It's a no. <laughs> um, I, if I'm gonna put something in my mouth, <laughs> uh, I'd like for it to have a little flavor. <laughs> you have to be raised on it, honestly, to really like it. You're I mean, right. I tried it. You know, yeah, you tried went it. to Luau and it was like, oh, I love the color purple. So it's like. Purple, good. Poi, not so much. Because it, it, and then people tell me it's supposed to take on the taste of the food that you're eating it with. Why don't I just eat the food that I'm eating it with? And but I I get and understand the purpose of poi. It was a form of starch that they needed back then as part of their their culture and the diet to you know provide for some other. Say that again. Sustain themselves. Yeah, to sustain themselves. So I get it, and I know about the whole love and everything, but. I, you know, seeing that people just sit and eat poi, I'm like, <laughs> I'm that person, I'm that people, me, <laughs> <Yeah>, right? <laughs> like, I literally take poi, when I went to class at KTC, I would take a little bit of poi in a little takeout container with a can of Vienna sausage, and just, of course, like, drain out the liquid, but yeah, and I, would, I would, like, take a picture and That's send it so on my Snapchat, <laughs> and then, like, I love poi with my mini dicks. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a suicide. What does that mean? That's the only time I'll eat Vienna sausage. It's disgusting. It's weird. Oh my god. Oh, well, that's interesting because it's for me. It's it's poi and uh, canned salmon. Whoa. Yep. Yeah, that's. Is I, that fancy? When you, you both went, whoa. What does that mean? I, I mean, it's like a, that's Different a little fancy. Yeah. 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 Salmon. I'm like, mine was like, oh, like, yeah, I'll do it with, like, aki, you know, mm-hmm. like, do it, like, poke with oh, yeah. poi, or, um, or I used to like to, like, put, um, coconut milk in my poi, and then put, like, um, honey, or, like, agave. See, and then you're giving it a taste, so yeah. is it, like, because you want to change the, well, you don't need it, you like just straight poi, so, yeah. you know. I do too. Um, and I know that they used to give it, it was important for babies to have and all that stuff, yeah. but, I think poi is a great, like, uh, in recent years, it's been, like, a great vegan alternative to yogurt for some people, uh, because poi can take on the similar uh, 
uh, bacterial properties that like yogurt really? has um, if like you let it sit. Yeah. So like a lot of people will let their poi sit for like two or three days until it gets really sour and it's the same like gut bacteria that you would get from like Greek yogurt. Mm. So it's very good probiotic. Yeah. Or like baking with poi. I love baking with poi. Yeah. Gonna bake all of your chocolate with poi. <laughs> I, I won't tell her at this point. Look, you, you, you actually, you, you can tell me things like that, and I'll still try it. You know, I try, I try to get rid of the, the mental mindset of I'm not gonna put that in my mouth. You know, but why? Because of consistency. <laughs> <laughs> See, like a lot of people are surprised. I heard you talking earlier about Jamba Juice, okay? And my daughters love Jamba Juice, but I don't, and they're always like. What is it about Jamba? I don't like, I don't know. I don't like shakes. I don't like Jamba juice. I don't like smoothies. I always get people, oh, let me make you a protein shake. I was like, oh, no, you have to do that. Because I don't like the consistency, which is weird because... Hey. Hey. <laughs> because I, I missed it and I heard it. Yeah. Hey, 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 trust me. Trust me. You were asking about this. Um, three is apparent. That's why I asked about the lower <laughs> temperature because three. I, I I'm a type of person I don't really like spicy too much. Um, I if you come to my house, you won't find you might find soy uh, hot sauce. Okay. I don't have it in my bag swag. You know, it's like <laughs> um, it's just not a thing for me. Yeah. You know, I want to taste my food. Um, I was in Florida on business one time. And we happened to go into this restaurant that wasn't open. They were doing the friends and family night, so that you know you get feedback. And so I talked my way into a free dinner for myself and all my friends. And then I asked the chef come out so he can give us feedback. He said, "Order as much and anything you want on the menu." And one of the dishes was so spicy. And I told him I was like, "Or one of them was too much pepper, and the other was just so hot." And I was like, "The thing about the palate is, if you make it too hot, I can't even enjoy the food." Yeah. Because it's just too hot, okay? Um, the thing about peppers, especially in places that are considered third world countries, part of that is to take care of the probiotics in your, your interns, because, in your um, intestines, because the food may not necessarily be as clean or, as, you know, come from the sanitary because of the water and things like that. So that's why they have those the, the spices to help your body process all of that. But if I'm sitting in an American diner or eatery and all I'm thinking is how hot this is making me and my eyes are tearing and everything, then I'm not enjoying the food. So I like the whole ratio thing because some people do really like it hot. I don't. <laughs> you know, I really want to taste the, the, the flavors. I uh, definitely agree with you. Um, what's funny, uh, I cannot handle uh, spicy food all that much, but my sister can't have the spicy food. She loves spicy food. She puts sriracha on everything, mm -hmm. uh, especially like for like her pho, like for soup. Like she put like a layer of sriracha on top. And for me, I just can't have the sriracha. So I, I definitely, <laughs> not. it's not at all like I can, but then I will be uh, running eyes and running nose. Oh, yeah. Not a very enjoyable yeah. experience. <laughs> I get hiccups whenever, like my dad made me stew a couple days ago. And then it was just missing a little bit something. So I was like, Dad, where's our Tabasco? So I was like looking through our cupboard. She's like, it's somewhere there. So I'm like, oh, I found it. And I was just like, <laughs> I like ate it. And I'm like, oh. And he was like, is it good? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's really good. 
but I was like, I think I need to put a little bit more of his sauce on because I kind of ruined it. Like, yeah. great. It was great. <laughs> I definitely feel over saucing food. I like my food kind of swimming in the sauce. Like I like the watery, wet yeah. kind of pasta. The pasta sucks up the sauce, and I'm like, eh, let's catch this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. What did you guys think about the biryani? That's good. For me, the spice level was a little up there. Okay, like, so it wasn't just me. Yeah. Like no, I don't like it hot. I like it kind of okay. But the first couple of bites, I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. it's a little up there. Not yeah. up there that I'm going to cry and start sweating, right. but just a little up there. And actually, like now, I was like, well, let me try again. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can still feel it on my tongue. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I am feeling for dessert. I'm super excited. <laughs> so what I'm kind of feeling like is we take a break, clean up the table, and let's get this dessert on the table, y'all. Okay. It's special. <laughs> Down. All right. Down. <laughs> Everyone, my name is Josh Rapoon, and I am the host of the What School Could Be in Hawaii podcast. This series features imaginative, creative, and innovative public, public charter, and independent school educators and education leaders, sharing their insights into the amazing possibilities for what school could be. Find our episodes at mltsinhawaii.com or your favorite podcast store. You can follow the show on Twitter at mltsinhawaii or on Facebook at Most Likely to Succeed in Hawaii. Aloha and mahalo. All right, you guys, we are back (laughs) and we have dessert. Everybody's so excited. John, is it the dessert that's got you all happy? Oh, I just can't contain it right now. It could be the dessert, it could be the tea, or it might just be both. <laughs> Does anyone have a favorite dessert, like something that they absolutely die for and are willing to kill other people for? My latest thing right now, especially because of COVID, is um, when I was in Italy, I absolutely fell in love with gelato. Okay. And gelato is just ice cream pails in comparison. I haven't eaten ice cream since. But now I've discovered these little things that come in a little thing like that. They're called um, Talenti Gelato. You've had them? I've had them. I'm like, people look in my freezer and go, oh, you have some? No, I don't. I do not. Not for you. (laughs) Why? What's so special about Talenti Gelato? It's just so good. See? (laughs) They said that in unison, so that ought to be your marker right there. That's wow. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. wow. <laughs> Look at this. Flavors. So fancy. This one is coffee. This one's chocolate whiskey. This one's strawberry. The purple Not one sure. is coffee? Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. Purple, your favorite color? Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. So this is our macaron cake with some macarons on the side by Gracie's Cakes and More. I am so excited. She made this cake specially for us. Halloween theme. Looks like almost blood dripping down the white. Absolutely amazing. Do you want to bring it closer for virtual world to see? I was about to ask you, what is virtual world? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that a special person. <laughs> but then I realized it's the world. It's super The elephant in the room. Yeah. Here, let me give you friends some napkins. Could be intriguing yeah. to watch us try and cut it right. So I heard coffee, strawberry, and I heard a whiskey. Yeah, chocolate whiskey. Chocolate whiskey. Chocolate. Um, I think chocolate whiskey is gonna be pretty popular. <laughs> so if there's a specific flavor that you love, we still have more. So just okay. go ahead and dig into one if you'd like to try all of them too. I don't know. <laughs> this is a cake too. We need a nap after long as. <laughs> so which one was this one again? Coffee. That's coffee. coffee. The purple one is coffee. I'm gonna try the chocolate one. Strawberry. Oh, I was looking at my tea. Oh. Yeah. And then what was the third flavor? Strawberry. Strawberry. Oh, strawberry. I'm gonna do coffee. So as a former vegan, I used to not be interested in macarons, but now I actually find myself craving them. There's like birthday cake flavor. <laughs> love it. Love it's it. a party in the mouth. <laughs> I'm gonna go in all the good ways. Yes. I wonder if it really has whiskey in it though. You shouldn't take the. I'll take strawberry. You don't taste the whiskey. No. I'm so disappointed. I know. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, why don't we get you some whiskey and you can dip it in there? No, mm. no I don't think that's <laughs> Wow, this is really good. Mm -hmm. I think uh, macarons have become like a more bougie, popular dessert in recent years. Yeah. So I have definitely had my fair share, but I can say for sure these ones are in the top two. Mm. Like this one specifically. And the purple one you said was coffee, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, coffee. This that is really good. Yeah. That Gracie oh. knows what she's doing. Yeah. Oh, oh, so good. Yeah. So she's able to, if you give her two weeks notice, also make custom cakes. So if you have graduation, birthday celebration, baby showers, hate people, want to smash a cake vibe. She said <laughs> smash. <laughs> <laughs> she said, hey, you like uh -huh. smash. <laughs> Definitely good. I I like the strawberry one. It's so sweet as she glossed over that. But I could see the please help in her eyes. <laughs> I was about to say that she really doesn't know. Or <laughs> that's colloquialism. And screaming help me again. <laughs> I'm just pointing it out. You're surprising providing the words. <laughs> How did, who had the chocolate whiskey? I'm inter That was an interesting flavor. It's, I mean, eh, you can taste a little bit. Very okay. little. Yeah. The, the, the middle part. I taste it a little bit. ASMR. That's good. It was there. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't pick up. I mean, if I had been blindfolded, and that's really for me. That's how you <clears> When I eat it. foods, if I can pick out things. I neither tasted chocolate or whiskey in that. More like mm. vanilla, yeah. More just like sweet. <laughs> like, mmm, mm, cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Maybe I should... What's your level of, like, alcohol recognition when it comes no. to alcohol and food? Maybe. Oh, alcohol and food? Yeah. I can usually pick it up. Yeah. yeah. Point eight zero. 
Coming in with the precise number right there. I'm talking about an alcohol limit. The legal limit is 0.80. Okay, we have the cake coming up. I'd like to try um, the chocolate whiskey if someone doesn't mind. Thank you so much. So, so is the frosting on the cake fondant or is it buttercream or do we know? Um, I'm not exactly sure. What I did is I spoke to Gracie on Friday, I believe, and I felt like it was short notice because she usually needs two weeks. I said, hey, Gracie, whatever you have in your kitchen, just throw it together and we'll eat it and try it. And so that's what she's gone and done with the cake. <laughs> I kind of like want to wait till everybody has it. Like, I want to be nice. I want to practice patience. <laughs> with food? You know, I've been learning about mindful eating. You too, I was just saying with so men, also. every time you talk about like the, what you're practicing <laughs> in mindfulness, like I'm going through the oh. same freaking thing. Every yeah. single time, it's crazy. You two are doing mindful eating? Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's not a fondant. So I mean, I wouldn't say I'm going through mindful eating, but that's mindful. that's where I am in my meditations. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's like, I don't want to do mindful eating. I want to no, do no, self-esteem. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I do taste the whiskey. And that's really? why I was asking alcohol. I, I can... It's there. <laughs> like, in every bite. I, I don't know. Did you have this, John? I had the strawberry. Okay. Yeah. Because you're kind of like my alcohol buddy in the right one. way. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> 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 I appreciate that. <laughs> When we went out for the team day, John and I were like, we're going to do the alcohol. And I was like, okay, it's safe to drink alcohol. <laughs> Again, I was like, I'll have whatever she's having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can definitely taste the alcohol. And I have low alcohol tolerance. Like, I drink one glass of wine. And I'm like, ooh, let's get wasted. <laughs> yes, banana, I'm a cheap date, too. <laughs> call that one and done. <laughs> hmm? They call the me best. one wine. I'll save money that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not too much of a drinker either. I mm-hmm. think I went outside of my comfort zone and I had a mimosa on Sunday. And I had one and I was like, I felt like, like well, I had Asian glow. I felt hot in my chest and I was like, oh. <sighs> <laughs> but I had fun. <laughs> but I had fun. But I had a great time. <laughs> Most of my life, I've been a DD. Always. I didn't drink. I didn't have like my first real drink until I was 41. How was that first drink? <laughs> it was a chocolate martini. I don't think I even need to say much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, at at uh, Roy's. No, so, at Roy's. Yes. Oh my goodness. How strong? It's chocolate. <laughs> 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 they use Godiva chocolate. Oh my gosh. Oh. So they were bougie. Mm-hmm. I told you. I'm wearing <laughs> Bougie all day. She's yeah. a woman of taste. <laughs> So, I've had like two marriage proposals this year. So, <gasps> one person, yeah, it's not happening. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Just like in so person or like virtual? So <laughs> <laughs> one was in person, and one is somebody that's known me since I was a teenager. So, we've been like connected, and you know, he's been keeping track of my life through my dad. So, he lives in South Carolina. Um, See, I forgot where I was going with the story. I told y'all. Two marriage proposals. Yeah. Chocolate 
<laughs> I'm really not sure where I was going with this story, so we'll circle back around. Yeah, maybe there was a little whiskey in there. Great <laughs> <laughs> comeback. Oh, no, now I, now I remember. <laughs> now I remember. So, um, like, we, he's from the South. He lives in South Carolina, you know, country boy and everything, and... I don't know why we were having a conversation about sheets, but I brought up the fact that I don't sleep on anything less than 850 thread count sheet. And he's like, what does that mean? You know what that means, right? Oh, yeah. I'm about to join. I don't know what that means. Okay. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> bougie, bougie, bougie. Yeah. All right? No. That's, that's your first indication, no, okay? okay? We buy sheets. The thread count is the premier ideal, okay? It, you know, I'll even know, like, if I'm in somebody's bed, it's like, oh, it's not Your thread the count right thread is count. the difference between the buck and the hawk. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> it just makes your sheets, it's softer, a better blend, and they they last longer because they're better woven. It's a tighter weave. So okay. what you need to consider is the type of person that you're with. What kind of sheets do, do they, they have? Do they have, exactly. And do you want to be rolling around in those sheets? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is less than 800, I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you need to reconsider your life choices. I don't even think it matters. That's, that's oh, why I'm in a great time. Okay, so, <laughs> so my daughter-in-law, because he's funny, he goes, he says, well, that must be a chick thing. I was like, nope. I was like, my son's the same way. And he goes, well, you must have been planning. I was like, oh, well, it's funny because my son had this conversation with my daughter-in-law, and she was like, it doesn't make a difference. And so he put... Thousand count shit uh, sheets on the bed, <laughs> <laughs> and then he put the other sheets back on the bed. She's like, "Oh no, that's scratchy." So now she won't sleep on anything less than eight hundred thread count. You you know the difference when you're like, whenever I put the fresh sheets on the bed, I go take a shower, I get all lotion. Mm -hmm. Oh, you just kind of slide in yeah. the bed. It's, mm. So let me ask this then: in hotels, what? thread count do they usually use? Because hotel beds are often very uncomfortable to me. I'm like, Ugh. It depends on whether you're staying in a two-star. <laughs> well, like the star. Hyatt residents in Maui. Um, Hyatts tend to, they because what I just bought are hotel sheets. They're the sheets that they sell to hotel chains and things yeah. like that. So generally, they're anywhere from 400 to 800. I like my sheets ghetto. <laughs> no, I think we didn't even know. <laughs> You're like, that's a thing? Now we're going to know. We're going to feel it. Okay, what did you guys think about the cake? So I'll share first. After the macaron, it was kind of too much sugar to go in all at once. I think maybe I'm getting older. If I was a kid, I would be like, heck yeah, this is exciting. But now I'm like, ooh, I would probably just do the cake first. How does everyone else feel? I concur. I am not too, okay, I'm going to say something blasphemous. Okay. I am not a dessert person. Oh my god. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. oh. um, so it was very sweet to me. Yeah. Uh, the cake was, but I think with what you get and the amount of the cake, yeah. I feel like it's totally worth like practicing modesty and having like a small piece of cake because it's yeah. just sweet enough and it hits all those notes. Yeah. Um, so you can get away with like a small piece. You don't gotta go like Costco size all out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
So what note exactly was that a high F or a... It was like a, <laughs> like a, like a dab note, like this thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning things. I'm learning trends. Yeah, yeah. You actually just it out of that because my grandson would say, that's so last year. I know. <laughs> oh, oh, last year. He's yeah, seven. He's well, for me as a person, like I said, um, I am a huge fan of the desserts. Sometimes when I go to restaurants, I order the dessert first, you know, because then I'm not full. <laughs> There's always room for dessert. Um, that was sweet, uh, but that's something, first off, American desserts use more sugar, just across the board. Anybody that's traveled the world, when you have desserts in other countries like Japan, or in Europe, they're much, they don't use nearly as much sugar in their desserts. Um, so that would be something that could go with a tea, like this tea here, light sugar or no sugar in the tea, and it balances off the sugar there. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I agree with that. I did find it um, tasty, and if I had started with it, I would have been more excited and more yeah. amped, like, let's go, sugar rush! Yeah. And then, fall into bed and fall asleep. <laughs> My ghetto sheets, by the way. <laughs> Less than eight. <laughs> All right, guys. I have had so much fun hanging out. Thank you for everyone who participated, the businesses. But before I officially close it, because I've got some official statements that I'm going to say before I close, I feel like Christian should bless us with a poem. Oh, man. Always. Always. Oh, wait, he's still bringing stuff. Yeah, there's more food. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not complaining. As a foodie, I'm like, bring it on. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. So here we have some treats from One Love Bakery. Um, This one is still wrapped because it's chocolate pecan. So if anyone has a pecan allergy, stay away from this one. Oh, I was going to say it. The, the, um, I'll tackle these the chocolate sure. pecans. These are uh, <laughs> Lily Koi scones. Delicious. Um, I will probably want more of these, so let yes. me know when you're ready for more. Uh, and this is the regular banana ploy, but mm. no chocolate or pecans. That's my space. Lily Koi in it is just. Uh, I'll that's bring some more. Like, yes. That's one of my favorite things here in Hawaii, Lily Koi. I'll get to say you Lily Koi is in it, and I'm all about that. While you guys are nibbling on that, Christian's going to bring in these like amazing poetry. Think about the flavor. It's so this poem is a poem that I wrote in homage to my mother. I feel like it's only after um, a certain point in our lives that we realize that we don't miss our water until the well runs dry. Not to say that my mom's, you know, she's gone before us, but I took advantage of. Uh, her and, and my family in a lot of ways that I shouldn't have uh, being a prepubescent teen in his angst so um, I wrote this poem for her which started off as a Mother's Day card <clears throat> the things I thought I lacked against the walls of a home that my mother called fortune hung high frame upon frame of flashback after flashback of all the afterthought that I thought that I would need no more but still In my mind, I would glare from outside the living room window pane, a window of pain, and I would stand still staring at stills in which I still see the words blood, sweat, and tears chiseled into each brick behind them, near the shelf where these baby pictures stood. Captured moments of the things I thought I lacked, and photographs worth thousands more. 
My ancestors hung high upon white painted walls, and white paint peeled over and onto itself, revealing corroding rebar like broken bones. Broken bones and rust, such nostalgia. The smell of dust and melting Polaroids in the summer heat, overexposed photos fading behind glass that reflected in my eyes, mistakes made, and the sense of self-esteem and starch. I smell them coming up from the ironing board, teasing a prepubescent badass barricaded behind barred windows that kept him from escaping from a home front of a home from which he waged war. A prisoner of good parenting. Patience, mother called this, when for 18 years the only thing she struck while the iron was hot was not her children, but their clothes. Pressed clothes. Not being the best dressed, but blessed. Hand-me-downs and homemade house rules like mommy's house, mommy's motherfucking rules. Now pick your shit up off the floor. Four, three, two, and no one ever heard one. Before my mother's scorn took its form in the shape of the belt buckle that four brothers all referred to as the fear of God. Security, I found in the fears instilled in me. Witchcraft and witch, witch doctors, which later led my mother to start suffocating me in kisses. The ones I miss so much. Lucky duck, she'd call me as they stuck to my cheeks, which leaked with tears. Wiping the wet off my face, she'd then take a tear-drenched tattered tissue and wave them like a white flag in the wind, signaling surrender at the sight of my sore eyes. Such a sight for sore eyes. Before I tossed them into the beaten up black rubbish bin by the back door that was always filled to the brim for some reason. I remember racing off to school in excitement and then pacing back home to the love my mother shown in her absence. Work, she called this, the work of God. Heard in the hymns I hum and in the church songs I once sung, songs I'll never stop singing to scrapbooks and extended family that I never cared for or see or how I'd leave mommy behind for the company of friends. Five fed bellies and rebellion, each of which she'd forgive, then forget, then let regret set itself down upon the conscious crown of thorns that was my ego. I was so young and dumb, never quite being done with my homework yet, no sweat still not done, and I never will be. Mommy, pretending to close the bedroom doors in front of footprints filed onto the not-so-hardwood floors that she called consideration, were under the tiles, were aisles of hurt beneath the concrete, where they were covered by dirt, the same dirt in which I dug my own grave, on a Chamorro man's land. Land and soil fertilized by majestic Micronesian hands and farmers, flashbacks and flash floods and, flat and family photo shoots and blood pressure, rising like the sun does every day while I hold my breath beneath the bed sheets that she called kindness. Your Highness, we called her, happen, happiness, and a child only a mother could love, a mother's love, hidden within all the things I thought I lacked as a child photographs worth thousands more. Thank you. Yes. Guys. That is Christian the Sinner. Oh, 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 oh. Say my name again. Sit for me, baby. Sit. <laughs> Thank you for giving me that opportunity. You are welcome. These lily koi scones are something not to be messed with. It's really good. I, I, took, yeah. I took a bite. I was like actual lily real lily koi. Sure. I was like, So we did this review recently. I gotta show it to you. It's so funny. It's a me uh, this thing called Messy Pops. And um, one of the flavors in there was lily koi. The, uh, it was called, the flavor was boy boy lily koi. So it was like there's just one good portion of us trying to figure out what the handwriting was on the hoi 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 lily koi. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It'll be out soon. 
be on the lookout for it. Really love this. I am looking forward to having it for breakfast. I think I am maybe overwhelmed. My taste buds have been a little bit overworked, but very good food, good flavors. Started off really nice with the samosas, kept it going with the madras and the naan bread and the... Uh, what am I missing? I feel tandoori like chicken. Ten, tandoori chicken. Tandoori chicken. Oh, that was the spicy one. I feel like I missed out a little bit on that. The tandoori chicken. So I have a question for mm. the foodies because I'm not one. Just because, um, and I hear differing opinions. Is it better to arrive to your meal hungry or satisfied? Because I know you don't want to. For, wanna for me, when I'm hungry, I don't taste the food. I'm just really trying to take care of my stomach. Mm. And then I end up eating, inhaling my food, and I don't really get to yeah. enjoy it or savor it. And there are some meals that are meant to be savored. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel like I feel like being hungry myself like <laughs> makes the food taste better, maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah. but that's just me. That's why I asked. Yeah. yeah. I think I am on the the opposite end of your spectrum, and that's completely okay. Um, I. So, fun fact, I used to weigh, like, 330 pounds, like, two years ago. So, I got into the habit of, like, intermittent fasting for, like, weight loss. Because I just used to, like, gorge myself on food and not be able to taste how good it was. Uh, but practicing patience along with, like, intermittent fasting. So, like, today, I fasted. And every flavor popped out to me because I was hungry. I cool. took the time to taste it. So, then I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And I was like, this is why, like, I wait. So I think maybe it's, like, the mental note that we talked about earlier about placebo effects. But for me, waiting, like, I feel like if I close my eyes and I take a bite of stuff, I can really feel all the different flavor notes that something has. Whereas, like, if I've eaten earlier in the day, I'm just like, okay, this is another meal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's zoned out. Yeah. It's like a, it's a very spiritual experience. Like, it is. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Like, when the flavor hits, like, with all the stuff we had today, it was like... And there are people who talk about that. Like, we all know the saying that um, the way to a person's heart is through their stomach. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that's what um, some of these, um, you know, today's transcendental uh, chefs are trying to do is connect people through food. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and, then, and now we see a lot more showcasing the culture... Um, outside of the food as opposed to just within, you know what I mean? And it's really cool. I, uh, I think um, we're headed in the right direction as far as food goes, for sure. Yeah. And I like the concept of a family-style kind of eating because I think it does for human connection and that sharing element in the community. And that's been one of my favorite parts about being in Hawaii, that a lot of things are served family-style and just, again, you know, when you do pot, when you do an event, people do potluck. You bring in your own little dishes, and we all eat together. That brings a sense of home to the food. Oh, that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> totally joking. <laughs> like wait, supposed to be spiritual? Totally joking. <laughs> oh man, it has been such a great night. Thank you to all our partner businesses for working with us to create this magical, magical episode. The contact details for each business we partnered with will be in the episode notes. So please, please, pretty please support these businesses by ordering food or services from them, engaging with their content on social media, and telling 
all your friends about it, guys. This is how we keep community going during COVID, and this is how we support one another during these definitely trying times. Thank you to our guests for partaking in this beautiful foodie experience. We hope your tummies are overjoyed. <laughs> And as per usual, JWM family, I am your host. And as I always say, Maholo kwe kiotaba ribuile. Aloha. 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 <laughs>